0: You're listening to the Fearless Podcast with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. Well, welcome back. I'm uh, your co-host, Mark, and uh, when we when we last left, our heroine—oh my word, my beautiful bride—before she was my beautiful bride was stuck. <laughs> she was on house arrest. It's hard to believe because, like I said, people look at you now and they, they can't even fathom this person that you were. Um, and I, I only knew the tail end of this person that you were. And of course, just point out, this is, this is Amber before the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is Amber who was, uh, making her own way, but, uh, just had a lot of bad or non-existent guidance. Mm-hmm. And so ended up, if you didn't listen to part one, you got to go back and listen to part one. <laughs> Otherwise you're not going you're you're like, to understand very much of this, but you've now recovered from your accident. Mm-hmm. And I should point out to you, cause you said you were talking about the, the moment when you looked at yourself in the mirror and, and the, there was so much glass in your face. And I remember even, even after we were married, mm-hmm. that there were several times when you actually still had glass coming out of your face oh
1: it was awful years there were there were pieces of glass in my face that were so embedded um that yes for for years i was pulling bits of glass out of my face from the accident
0: right so you had you had multiple reconstructive surgeries Mm -hmm. done um, you weren't able to work for a long time when you were able to work again. You went back to Dancing it mm-hmm. was the only thing that you really could make any decent living at It was the only only to support myself. Yes to support yourself because you wanted to get out of mom and dad's again mm-hmm. and um, so then the 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 old warrants caught up with you mm-hmm. and <laughs> They t- hauled you off to jail from work. Yes Go before the judge and you get house arrest. So yes. how long were you on house arrest?
1: You know, I I don't remember. It was it was a while. It, it seems like eternity when you really can't go anywhere. And I think that's why during this during this pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, we had a conversation with our kids. Because they're like, oh, this is like being in jail.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> like, mommy said, you um, have no idea. <laughs> I
1: was like, let's just talk about this for a minute. <laughs> because it's sort of like being on house arrest, but you're able to come and go. Right. Um, so so not really. So it was an interesting conversation to have with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have had that experience.
0: Now, how did you... Here's a question that that I, I, I always... Uh, wondered about how did how in the world did you afford all these surgeries or could you
1: uh well I I really couldn't and you didn't
0: um, it's not like you had insurance coverage with your no
1: no and that was that was a terrible thing it was another it was another dark part of of my story and life is it was just after I was finally done with all of my surgeries it was suggested to me that I just go and file bankruptcy Mm -hmm. and at that age let's see I would have been 2003 so 2000 so I would have been 23 right I mean and and I remember the woman sitting down and looking at me and she just said you don't want to you'll never be able to pay this off and she told me she said just go and file bankruptcy and so I did and you're
0: you're 23 and it's probably well over 100,000 oh it was well over 100,000 150 maybe in in debt yeah and you have a job that is you you just make cash yep but it's there is there is just no way to dig yourself out of this right
1: mm-hmm. yeah so so I did I went it not not something I'm I'm proud of by right. any means um but it is available for people who are in those situations
0: so then let's let's fast forward mm-hmm. so <laughs>
1: praise the lord let's keep going <laughs> I gotta get to the good stuff I'm tired of living here
0: <laughs> so you're you're 23 24 mm-hmm. um So when we met Mm -hmm. was October of 2005. Yeah, right. And you were still dancing.
1: Such an interesting story because I had already worked the day shift and they had asked me to stay overnight for the night shift because they were short of some girls. And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I had at least semi cleaned myself up by this point the drugs Mm -hmm. were not as bad um and the alcohol wasn't as bad because i sort of there was a there was a mindset shift as i'm i'm here to do a job so i was sober Mm. through a lot of it um there like when we met but still still drinking
0: but you're out on your own finally again.
1: I am out on my own. I did finally, I, because I went back after I got off a of house arrest, I went back to dancing knowing that that was the only way I was I was going to get out. I saved up um, six months worth of rent, went and got myself an apartment, went and bought myself a car, and um, I was finally out on my own and, and enjoying it.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're out on your own and you're at work one night and in comes this <laughs> creepy guy and now we're gonna have to go into my story and what in the world was that guy doing in a
1: place like that <laughs> for real I like to say it was a divine appointment because there is no way in the world I think we would have met anywhere else
0: yeah I've, I've wondered about that many times I, I don't know that that that's necessarily the the time and the place that the Lord wanted, but he, he worked through the storm mm-hmm. anyway because we were both in a storm. Yeah. You were on kind of the tail end of the really bad part of your storm. And I well,
1: was... but the interesting thing is um, when we met, I was actually visiting churches.
0: So... So you're actually, and this is interesting because if they're, if i don't want to get too far off into the, into the, uh, spiritual weeds here, but if there's ever an example <laughs> of someone who is quote unquote, a, a seeker, mm-hmm. you were, you were definitely feeling called you, you, you were looking for the answers. You, you, you were reading the Bible, you were going to church, but you hadn't, you didn't have an understanding really of what faith in Christ meant yet you hadn't really you hadn't made that decision yet
1: mm-hmm. well it's an that's an interesting that's an interesting story all on its own i remember the club that i worked at here in town it would close at 5 a.m. and i remember one sunday morning 5 a.m. driving home um to my apartment and there were all of these road signs out on the way to my apartment complex. Like and the
0: little campaign yard signs.
1: It, it was. It was a church campaign. It was mm-hmm. a new church that was starting down at the movie theater. Right. And I thought, oh, I can go and hide in the back. Because here's the interesting thing about church.
0: And I just want to point out, isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> it's our favorite word that this, this church was meeting in a movie theater.
1: Yeah, oh, why? Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> considering <until just> now. <laughs> considering
0: where we are now, but go ahead.
1: Okay, but go ahead. So <laughs> wow, I didn't, I hadn't even thought of that.
0: So you're sitting in the back because you really don't oh. want people to ask. It's right. not that you didn't want to talk to people. You didn't want people to ask you any questions. <laughs> no, well, right.
1: I didn't want anybody to ask me what I did. Hey, where do you work? What do you do? I mean, right. yeah, right. I don't want to tell anybody. But the interesting thing is that you know, um, even even before. When I had my own car and I was and I was able to do things on my own, I and my sister, we would go and visit churches randomly. Random Sunday mornings, we would go and visit churches. The thing was about church people. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say that today because I, I am a church people today. <laughs> but every time I went, this was before I knew the Lord, every time I went, there was always something that they had that I wanted. They all looked so joyful, and they, they, their attitudes were just so different. And I longed to understand what it was that they all had, you know. Right. So, so I enjoyed. I just enjoyed going and being around the church people, and you know, because that's all they were to me. They, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends there, um, but. So I go to the movie theater to go to church. I sit up in the top because I think if I can sit all the way at the top, nobody's going to come and talk to me. <laughs> nobody's going to see me. I can just blend in.
0: <laughs> right. That no, wasn't to be, though, was it?
1: <laughs> that wasn't to be. There was a lady because I had I had gone um, several weeks in a row and finally the greeter at the door and she finally stopped me and she said, you know, Amber, because I had told her my name and she remembered my name. This woman, I'm telling you, I thought, uh, She's going to talk to me. And she finally did one day. You know, she would always just say hi. It was casual conversation. She said, Amber, would you like to come to lunch with us? (laughs) Uh, It really was. Like, I took a deep breath. And I I just kind of nervously. Okay. You know, it's like, all right. Scared to death that these people were going to ask me all kinds of questions. I had no idea. Like, what was I going to say? But I think the curiosity. Curiosity kills a cat. And I am like... I'm a curious person and I will figure things out. The thing for me was I thought, oh my gosh, they're asking me into their inner circle. I want to go see what what else it's like. Right. You know, I've already gone I'm going to church. I can see what's going on here. Now I get to go and sit at a table with them.
0: You're still drawn to the light that they have. You're not sure what it is.
1: Oh, it was so that's intoxicating. Mm -hmm. I mean, friends, if you have never been to church (laughs) around church people, oh, not just
0: church people but christians christians believers genuine believers people who love love the lord
1: Lord, no one love the lord accept you for who you are you know no matter what so i think it was a real eye-opener for me after i left the lunch meeting with with them because it was nothing like i expected or Were,
0: were you able to avoid the question of what do you do
1: they didn't even ask okay I mean, that was the thing that was was shocking to me. They were just asking, you know, what they asked is, you know, what kind of things do you like to do? They didn't care, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember going home and and starting going to church, I had went and I bought myself a Bible. And so, and that was a whole nother experience, just to walk into the Christian bookstore. I mean, I was like, wow. You know, you got to understand, I carried so much shame and guilt mm-hmm. and just heaviness on me. And um, so uh, I just remember going home to my apartment and just pleading, pleading. If the Lord was real, please send somebody to help me because I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I met you. <laughs> and here
0: I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like it happened overnight, right? It, but you know, it was one of those weird things that you can point back to and say. I th- the Lord answered my prayer you know i had i had but I didn't understand that I had surrendered at that point mm-hmm. and 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 I still had a lot of questions because I had lived my life so wrong for so long mm-hmm. that that i it was hard for me to believe that it was real
0: right so before we get into that guy that was finally <laughs> appointed to <laughs> come into your life um when we've talked about this in the past and and I think it's interesting that people should understand the feelings that you had from the years that you worked in that business. I mean, mm-hmm. we hear about it there's a lot of attention placed on the male side of the equation, mm-hmm. right? Which I'll talk about. I want to hear from from the female side of the equation these when you were when you were young and you first started doing this Uh you know dancing for a living your feelings about it then versus how they were when you and I met you're talking about men men in general yeah
1: well I can tell you I had a deep hatred for men when I first started it well not when i first started it it took probably the first year and just to be to willingly put myself in that position to be treated the way that i was and to, to be used for someone else's advantage
0: so explain to people what you mean by that how how were you cuz that was one of the things for me that as as a man who went into a place like that and (laughs) i didn't see anything wrong there morally i knew that there was something wrong with it that i shouldn't be in there Mm -hmm. but i had never thought about i i looked at the the girls that were dancing and i thought no big deal well most
1: of them don't want to be in there most of them don't want to be taking their clothes off like most of them don't want to talk to you Mm -hmm. I mean there's a point where you just look like for myself I can I can genuinely say I was just disgusted by any man that walked in. I'm mm-hmm. like you're a pervert. I I can't stand to look at you, but you know what? I'm here to take your money. And that's exact that was my job. My job was only to take your money. That was mm-hmm. it. That's how I looked at it.
0: It was just a transaction. Absolutely. And really didn't have anything other than that.
1: No, because you get some real there are, there are some sick people that come in with some sick fetishes and I mean, just unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable dark side of humanity.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, how, how concerned were you when you were in, in the, the you know, the middle of that, of your tenure there, if you will, mm-hmm. did you deal with security concerns? <gasps> did you have stalkers and?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, and I, and I remember, you know, it was, it was shortly after we met and we started going to the gun range and I got my gun permit Mm -hmm. and I mean, that's, that's fun. I mean, we love to go and shoot guns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the first things that I bought you was a pistol. So,
1: so, you know, it was, it it was, uh.
0: Man, let me tell you, that's love. (laughs) That's love by 38. (laughs) All right. So the night that we met.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess I have to explain myself here.
1: <laughs> it's your turn.
0: So a little bit of my background. Under fire. Yeah. So I just want to I, I want to preface this by saying that my my reasons for uh, for talking about this openly are number one because I know that I'm forgiven, and I've I've given all of these things over to the Lord, and I'm I'm not ashamed of them. I'm I, I, I'm ashamed of the of the person that I was. Mm-hmm but i'm not that man anymore
1: mm-hmm. nor and am i that woman anymore
0: nor are you that, that woman anymore I mean. and i remember hearing you say when we when we were talking about this once before how you, you you look at um people who go through things like aa and they always introduce themselves even after they're recovered and they say and i'm i'm a recovering alcoholic but you don't agree I with
1: hate that. that i i i hate that stop labeling yourself you hold yourself condemned to this problem. Maybe they're, maybe, I don't know what they're teaching. I mean, I, right. I don't listen.
0: Maybe <laughs> if you're still recovering, you can call yourself that, but you, once you're you're done, you're not that person anymore.
1: Right. The Lord, the Lord has so set me free of all those things. I've, I have, I haven't drank in years. Right. You know, I, I don't drink. I don't drink because, you know, we have to guard our minds. Exactly. And you shouldn't let someone else have naming rights over you. You're 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 not an alcoholic if the Lord is the one who paid it all for you and has forgiven you. I, I'm I'm not an alcoholic.
0: Right. <laughs> it's 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 not who you are anymore.
1: Some people can argue with me. Say that I'm just a denier, that's fine. You go on with your <laughs> bad self. Because you know what? Most people have an opinion of 1% of what they know about you. Mm-hmm. What do you do when the other 99% is who you really are?
0: Exactly. And that's not the person that I know. It's not the person, the woman that I married.
1: No. <laughs> Praise the Lord for right. that.
0: So let me describe the man who came in that night and met her in the strip club. So I, I, quite the opposite from from Amber, I grew up knowing better. I grew up in a good home, a good Christian home. I went to a Christian school. I went to a solid church, still do, that, that our whole family has attended. I, I, I was taught better. I knew all the right answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, let me say this, again, preface this by um, I draw a distinction between reasons and excuses, excuses are, here's all the reasons, here's, here's everything that happened. And it's not my fault because of this, because of this, um, part of being a man is accepting and claiming responsibility for your whole life. And I claim responsibility for all the decisions that I've made right and wrong. And a lot of them have been wrong. And so the reason why I can talk about this is because I've claimed responsibility and I've given them to the Lord and said, I did this wrong and, and I repent of this. Um,
1: and it's it's not just for men, it's for women as well. Exactly. I mean, I, if I didn't hold myself accountable and responsible for my own actions, I wouldn't be where I am today either.
0: Right. So when I was, I was, didn't really fit in socially, I think. I feel
1: like you're beating around the bush.
0: I was, I was, a I was kind of a nerdy kid. I was kind of a pudgy (laughs) kid. And then junior high, it just got like junior high is like one of the worst periods of time. When I look back at my life, I was really awkward. And and part of that was I had a really hard time, um, interacting with the opposite sex Mm -hmm. and that, that I sort of got over that in in high school, but I, I got over it by being really cocky, really arrogant. I found that that kind of worked. Right. And I could, uh, I could kind of talk to girls if I was, you know, Mr. Bravado mm-hmm. and, um, I had discovered what would become my career when I was in junior high. So I didn't, I didn't really want to go to youth group because I didn't fit in. I, I was never any good at athletics. I was not very musical. And so because of that, I didn't fit into youth group all that well. And, but I did find that I had a keen interest and I had, um, undeveloped talent in, uh, production work and the church that, that we still go to has a a television production program and so i went and i started volunteering to be a camera operator and that's really where i learned that was my youth group that was my sunday school all the way through high school and into early college and they became my my peers and my mentors Mentors. Mm -hmm. but that really fostered me going off into the film production world Mm -hmm. so you fast forward through my early 20s i had um i had a lot of early success I had a lot of early career success, not so much financial, um, but I did several feature films. By the time I was 24, I had produced and directed two films. I would won Sundance, sold my films to Sony Pictures. I mean, we, I, I had a name and, and I uh, felt like I could do no wrong. Um, things were what they were though, and a lot of that fell apart for me very quickly and I became very bitter along with that, I was very bad at, uh, making good relationship decisions. So I had a series of very bad romantic relationships. <laughs> I had a, I had a, uh, um, an engagement when I was 20, 21 that went on for a couple of years. And, and when I look back and I think I really had no business getting engaged to this poor girl, um, <laughs> And I'm, and I'm glad for both of our sakes that it, didn't, saying, I'm sure
1: she's that it
0: didn't work out because it was obviously not right. And, uh, uh, and then not long after that found myself in, in another, uh, engagement that led to a marriage. Now I was, I was in my late twenties. I was say, how old were you? It was, but I think I was 28.
1: And how long did it last?
0: Uh, lasted, um, well, on paper, it lasted almost two years, but in reality, it was maybe six months. Mm. Um, and I look back, and it was so. It was there was nothing about this relationship that made any sense. Mm. This was uh, a, a girl who was an avowed atheist, and and I thought that we could make things work, right? And so, mm. and there were other issues there too. But I mean, there there was a lot of baggage that both of us brought and I was really struggling with my business I was having a, a very hard time and, uh, things got worse and worse. Uh, there was infidelity and, uh, she left. Not on your part, not on my part. And what, so leading up to what led me into a place like a strip club, this is, this is a big part of it. Um, And it's, again, it's not an excuse, but, but when, when you're in that position as a, as a man or a woman, and you are on the raw end of infidelity, the hurt that's there is, is unlike any other. And you are so searching for meaning. You're searching Mm -hmm. for someone to value you. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you've watched your spouse walk out the door to go and move in with your best friend and business partner because they've been having an affair the whole time that does something to you mm-hmm. and you add to that the 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 disappointment that I'd been carrying around professionally with my career I'd gone from making movies to having to go back to doing corporate video work and that and I was just bitter mm-hmm. and then I became very bitter over a, a very painful divorce situation. And that's what led me to being in a place like that. Because frankly, I was lonely and I just wanted somebody to talk to me and make me feel Well, I didn't talk to you. I
1: wasn't the first girl to come over and talk to you.
0: I probably (laughs) not, but you were the one that took most of my money. (laughs) 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 So we don't name names, but we did end up um we did end up uh exchanging contact information Mm -hmm. and then i started emailing you yes and you ignored me for quite a while (laughs) i kept pursuing (laughs) you and um
1: you know well you gotta understand like for me i'm like yeah whatever like um not not my thing like not ready to not looking for a relationship not really looking to settle down with anybody
0: Right. And, and looking back to it, the the state of mind that I was in, that's really the last place and thing that I should have been doing (laughs) the last place I should have been doing it. What was I doing? I was, I was a mess, Mm -hmm. right? If, if ever there was an example of, of basically the prodigal son, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's how I, what I had turned into. I was the good kid gone bad. I, every decision that I made was just boneheaded after boneheaded and I'm sure people looked at when we first started seeing each other and people are going (laughs) what is he doing now
1: (laughs) well nobody really knew it's not like we said hey she's a stripper right
0: but some of my friends knew Yeah, some of them did. And and I re- I do remember them questioning going, "What are you you just came off of this and, you know, you got all this going on and what why why are you with this girl?" <laughs> Didn't really make any sense to anybody. But we carried on. The Lord on. had a plan. The Lord had a plan. <laughs> and uh it was still a very still a very broken road. But uh we dated for a while and then
1: Wait a while is, is like a,
0: a while, a couple of months, and then I asked you to marry me.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we dated for three months, and right. then we were engaged. I mean, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Now, at, and at this point, uh, so I and I had been a Christian since I was a child. Mm-hmm. So I was a I was a believer who was on the run from the Lord, and you were you were a non believer who, or maybe a belie- maybe a baby Christian at that point, but mm-hmm. you were seeking. Yeah, and. Um, so then we kind of continued to make bad decisions together mm-hmm. and we decided that we would move in together, mm-hmm. which was not popular and, and rightly so.
1: And rightly so. I don't advise it. I don't I mean, advise it I can it at look all. and understand why.
0: I can say for my part, what I, what I had just come through, I saw marriage as pointless. Mm-hmm. I, I went, what's the, what's the difference? It's a piece of paper mm-hmm. and, you know no big deal. I mean, that, that's how far degraded I had, I had become as a believer. I had, I had just willfully just switched it all off. So I just didn't care. But then you wanted to start going to church and I hadn't really been to church in
1: years. Yeah. Because, you know, the interesting thing is, um, the, he, he did email me often and, and he even, we made, we made arrangements to go on dates. And I would always leave early, (laughs) stood him up a lot. But finally, I remember it was Halloween and I went to the youth group um, before going to work because there was a Halloween party that they were having. And it was was over at one of the apartment complexes. And this was the first time that I'd actually been invited into some sort of Christian circle Mm -hmm. outside of like that lunch meeting. And so I remember I went and i the interesting thing was i so enjoyed myself and of course there were no drugs and no alcohol this was a completely different crew that i was that i was now hanging out with and but i had to leave and i had to go to work cuz i had the the night shift that day and um i just i just remember the drive to work like do i really need to do i really need to go here do i really need this environment because what I had just left made me feel really good mm-hmm. and where I was going ugh, makes me feel terrible mm-hmm. you know and um, it was after it was after work I remember it was Halloween and I sent you a message yep and you immediately <laughs> responded
0: <laughs> I was actually laying in bed but I heard <laughs> I heard my email ding from the the office in my apartment and I you know it was just that desperate for just you know somebody to talk to and so I got right up and went in and hey she actually responded to my email and (laughs) and
1: and I lived on the southwest side of town and he what what was northeast northeast side of town so it would take about a half an hour to get you know um, together but we decided to go out I went home and hurried up and showered and you know just was myself Mm -hmm. and then we met and Went to just go hang out,
0: right? We played pool and ate nachos together. (laughs) That was our first date, and it was very (laughs) non-eventful, but it was the beginning. And so, fast forward, and we're we're living together. We knew we shouldn't have been, but we're engaged, Uh and we're both kind of still a mess. And but you're really wanting to go to church and i remember actually one of the things that i first noticed when you first moved in was that there was a, a bible you had your bible laid out prominently on the the coffee table and i thought oh okay that that's cool
1: <laughs> well i i needed i i needed new patterns in my life mm-hmm. and so i knew that i i needed to physically see it i mean and when and you guys like today mark and i get up 3:34 o'clock every morning just to read together mm-hmm. and so it's, it's establishing new patterns and habits in my life because what you do today affects your tomorrow. So I am always trying to be a better person than I am now. And um, so having my Bible out, it was a reminder that, hey, you need to pick this up. That, that was just my way of reminding myself you know, to, to sit down and, and study, I'm a great, I'm no theologian, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a studier of the word.
0: Mm-hmm. So we ended up going to, to my home church and, um, found ourselves in the Sunday school class that my dad taught and still teaches Yes, and, uh, describe. So we, we went a couple of times. We, 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 it was, I don't know how long we went before, before the day that you were really convicted so tell right. people about that. this maybe we'd maybe gone for about a month right uh, yeah
1: so so this is gonna, this is gonna have to be our last story because now we're running out of time again right, we're running so, over, so, so apologies. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it at this so um we are living together and i tell mark that i still really want to go to church we look online to go find a sunday school class i wasn't necessarily interested in going to church and you know seeing in and listening and everything but I did want to go and learn. I wanted to study. I needed somebody to teach me. And so we looked online and found a class that was our age. I remember we walked in and I just had an instant panic. I was like, there's no way. I am not, I cannot go through with this. So we were turning around and we were walking out and Mark says, well, hey, my dad teaches a class upstairs. Do you want to go? And I said, yeah, sure. Let's go check it out. So we went upstairs and this is, (laughs) what would you say, it's it's 65 and older
0: 65 and older and we're you know i'm in my 30s you're in late 20s twenties. Late 20s. so <laughs> but i felt at home because it was my my parents class and i knew most of these people
1: oh and everybody everybody welcomed me with open arms and nobody sure, asked me anything and i'm
0: sure that the uh, most of that class had been praying for me in particular for many years <laughs> <laughs> so this is an answer to prayer hey he's here right so Neil Clay, the deacon of the oh, class. Oh my gosh, you guys. Was, okay, so was he does so, his open... So,
1: yeah, this is an interesting thing because I think when I lived in my apartment, before I moved in with you, when I lived at my apartment, I I think that I genuinely accepted the Lord and but I I I just didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um and didn't know the path to keep continuing um to, to grow closer to the Lord. But We went into the Sunday school class and the the deacon of the class got up and he says, if anyone here knows you not as Lord and Savior, I pray they come to know you before it's eternally too late. And it was in that moment, I don't remember anything else that was said during the lesson. My mind was fixed on this eternally too late. Mm -hmm. And friends, I got to tell you, if you are listening to this and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even right now, even today, pause this video or or, or this message and, and do your business with the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And, and I'm telling you, it's it's the only thing that matters in this life. But He... Um, Neil Clay got up and he said, "You know, if anyone knows you not as Lord and Savior, I pray they come to know you before it's eternally eternally too late." And eternally too late is what really was this unknown to me. I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. How do I know for sure? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I know the Lord, and I've I've asked for forgiveness, but how do I know for sure?"
0: So that night or that afternoon. Mm-hmm you had a lot of questions and, and oh my goodness and again me having grown up being able to parrot back all the right answers i was terrified of really trying to answer these questions and so i said well how about if we go over and talk to mom and dad <laughs> and so right. we went to my parents and right. uh and and they presented the gospel message clearly to mm-hmm. you and they asked you that night do you want are you read to ask the Lord into your heart. And I remember you saying, no, I'm not quite ready yet.
1: I was really scared. I mean, I think I I was, you know, there was so much, I was sort of embarrassed Hmm. because here I am sitting before these very well-grounded, you know, Christians. And I feel like, you know, in my late twenties, why, why do I not know these things? You know, I think there were so many questions and I was ashamed that I didn't know the answers to the things that I was asking. Um,
0: And on the flip side, here I am in my early 30s, and I know the answers to these things, and I'm being convicted every minute more and more of what I've not done mm -hmm. and the way that I've ignored the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we went home that night, and we went down and sat in the basement, Mm -hmm. and we prayed together.
1: cried. Prayed, right I mean it was just all out forgive me right. and I, I can't do this alone like I can't I can't do this without the Lord
0: and I do remember that in that moment the minute that we said amen um I I, I can only describe it as just like that uncomfortable hot feeling right? <laughs> I I was so convicted because you got it and I didn't. I mean, I I understood exactly what the Lord was saying to me was now, Mark. I want you to get your act together
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I've given you a believing wife, and she needs a a husband, strong husband. a strong husband who is going to follow me. Mm-hmm. And it's time for you and I to go to the woodshed. Yeah, because better
1: look out. And that's <laughs> I got uh, questions. And
0: that's what happened over the next few months and few years but the the last thing I want to add in because I know we're going long here but I I do remember and and whether or not that was the moment or if it was before Mm -hmm. when you were alone in your apartment but I do remember that the next morning especially that there was a there it was you were physically different there was something about you that was different and I saw it and it was, it was so obvious to me. That was the first time in my life that I had ever, that I had ever been witness to someone coming to Christ, mm. which is so sad that, you know, having grown up in that environment, but yeah. that's how, that's how uh, within that bubble I had lived mm-hmm. and to actually see that and you were, you were a different person.
1: Praise and, the Lord. <laughs> That's all I can say. And no, but you know, and, and I. Did, it's disclaimer. It didn't happen overnight.
0: No, it, on the one. On the one hand, the change happened in mm-hmm. an instant. Right. But uh, it doesn't. But the mean, road to recovery. The road from, to recovery took some time for yeah. both of us. Yeah. Right. We both had a lot of things to learn, but I think very quickly we were both convicted of you know, we should just get this wedding thing scheduled and just get it done. (laughs) And, you know, and we did, it was, it was very soon after that we did our wedding and we were and got ourselves legit, if you will. Right. So.
1: Well, uh, you guys, thank you you for hanging out with us and making it this far. So you are, we're just getting started.
0: We're just getting started, (laughs) but this is just a, just a the smattering, if you will, of a little bit of our story. We've got a lot of other things to talk about, but we got through the heavy stuff here.
1: Right, right, So. so thank you for joining us and we look forward to having you listen next time.
0: See you soon.